Excited to welcome Jill Krudick on to the Madeline Show. <laughs> I met Jill, oh my gosh, was it 2019 in Miami? Most likely 2019 in Miami. Yes. And we have stuck together <laughs> since. If you guys haven't already seen, we have um, a networking training up on YouTube. And I'm just so excited to have Jill here, internationally recognized artist, to talk about entrepreneurship. Yay. Welcome, Jill. Thank you so much, Madeline. I'm delighted to join you today. Yay, I'm so glad that we stayed in touch. And I honestly just feel so blessed to have so many amazing people in my world that want to stay in touch. The fact that you and I met, I remember I really wanted to meet you at the show that I was at. There were other artists represented, however... You and I've told you this. You had this beautiful book that you had created with your work. I was like, that woman knows marketing. <laughs> I want to talk to her. Her work is amazing. And then learning your story, I was just like pretty blown away the success that you had created for your yourself. It's so impressive. And um, I would like you to give everyone a little intro. Just I'm like the mute. I don't know if you have like a number of museum shows you've been a part of or like how many exhibitions you've done, like hit us with some numbers. Ah, well, I've had four solo museum shows and I have another one scheduled next year uh, in Ohio at Pyramid Hill, which I'm really excited about. Um, I've had scores of group shows and I've also become a bit of a gallerist over the past year and started hosting events in my studio space, which I'm in now. So I've been meeting lots of new artists and always trying to embark on new adventures. Yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. How many artists have you had in your studio recently? Um, wow. Yeah. We've had about um, eight or nine shows, and each show has between 20 and 50 artists. Um, and then actually this September, we're going to be featuring five exquisite corpses, which are a 40-grid corpse, um, which each artist uh, contributes one little piece of this overall picture that we all collaborate together on. And it's going to represent 200 artists here in this space. All the original corpses are going to be displayed here. Wow. So that means people can submit their work, literally ship it probably from anywhere in the world. Pretty cheap, right? Yes. Yes. Is that the point? Exactly. That you can, it's inclusive. Yes. So, um, recently started an exhibition group with Shim Art Network and we had about 50 people sign up in the course of just a few weeks and all these people are going to be headed to Venice, to Berlin, all over the place. Um, it's just a great opportunity and then the show will then circle back here into Westchester in September. Ah, I see. So it's not only being featured at your gallery. So when you are done, you will be shipping all of those pieces to the next exhibition location. Is that how it's working? Well, 
what we did was we tried to make this as eco-friendly as possible. So it's actually, we're going to be sending a digital file to Venice, and then it will be printed out there and assembled in Venice. Um, and then the original pieces will be shown here in Westchester. So we don't, we're actually just sending a digital file. So we don't have to worry about the shipping cost, the hassle of all of that, uh, making it much simpler. Yes, yeah, that is simpler. I, back when I was selling art, which was not that long ago, the shipping for those shows was always the biggest hurdle. Um, everyone's shipping, especially when you have people with sculptures and um, all sorts of mediums. I, I'm curious, is, is the Aspen Art Curation Show, was that your first? It was. Group exhibition? Yes. Oh my gosh, you've had so many <laughs> since. That's so exciting. So I don't know if I really brought this up on the podcast yet. I might have. I don't know when this is being launched or featured <laughs> but you guys are hearing it now uh, so I used to own Aspen Art Curation and that was a business where I connected up-and-coming artists with millionaires and billionaires in luxury ski towns and I also had the Aspen Art Collective which was a group that I curated of artists from uh, all over the United States and we even started to get some global impact and we brought our artists to New York to be featured in Jill's gallery. And it was such a blessing because it was a show that happened without me even being there. I was in, I was in Aspen, no, I was in, where was I? Colorado, Aspen, Alaska. I was in Alaska <laughs> at that point. Um, and it was kind of like a career closure for me, actually. It was the last show that we did. Um, and I was so thankful to have you there organizing it and accepting all the shipments. Um, and yeah, even working together with someone on that, because we're two entrepreneurs with our own businesses, uh, but luckily we got to work together on that with the coordination. And, and Jill, I do feel like you um, steered the ship and you steered it well. So thank you so much. Oh my gosh, it was so much fun. And it helped me embark on this whole new cycle and wave of activity all in my world of art, which has been fabulous. It introduced me to all these amazing artists. Um, I got introduced to the head of Shim Art Network, Peter Hopkins, and I've collaborated with Peter and many of the other groups that he represents. Um, so it just, it was just a blessing that you and I met and that it culminated in that amazing event. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. And uh, you know what, anyone listening here, like you are so important and your path is so important and getting in tune with your intuition, even when you feel like you can't just do your best and following following that that thread throughout life is going to lead you to beautiful places. I mean, Jill Jill and I we were destined to meet because I didn't necessarily have to even meet you when I went to that show. Right. Um I didn't I didn't even have to go to that show. Like the way it all worked out. I went to that show because of my friend Olivia, who is an artist and she brought me there because she knew Steven probably. Yeah. Um of the owner of the space and then Jill's art stood out to me and I reached out. It was more like I, I had to, I had to step into the next step of my life by taking action and reaching out. I had no idea we would be working together in the future. I just thought you were cool and had it all together. And <laughs> I wanted to connect. I felt the same way. I remember when we met at Manola's Projects and you had just the most amazing aura about you. And you had so much just zest for life. And I was so drawn in by this, which was why when, you know, we exchanged details, you know, I followed up with you and then we connected. 
um, and we stay connected. And it's those moments that you know that someone is going to have a very interesting path and yours is going to intertwine, you know, multiple times in the future. Yes, and they have multiple times because at first I had you, I had my Aspen Art Collective membership in 2020 because after I had a little gallery that was open for about four days before COVID happened. I just got an eye surgery. I had an eye patch, opened up this gallery. I had the vinyl stickers on the window. I thought I was so cool and I was so excited <laughs> and then had to shut it down in four days. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh man, I don't even know where I was going with that story, but Anyways, there you go with that. Um, <laughs> maybe it'll come to me in a second. Um, well, Jill, I would really like to have you walk us through your journey as an artist because you were a finance professional. And I've seen this now with a couple, couple of people who have found, and I'm sure there's way more, but a couple of people who have really stepped fully into their craft and their the second mountain and their life journey um and having it be just so uniquely them and I feel like that is part of your story and I would like you to just show people how you stepped into this role as as artist and what it's looked like it's it's been an amazing journey I mean I was an artist as a child uh, I played piano more than I painted um but I also as I followed on my path I definitely wanted to be in business. I was a very competitive young child and I loved to play Monopoly and all sorts of games like that. I was just competitive by nature. And I knew that I wanted to be financially independent. And one way to do that was to study finance. Um, I went to Wharton undergrad. I was a very serious minded business person, but I did pursue piano very aggressively all through my childhood. Um, which culminated actually when I was at 18 years old, I played at Carnegie Recital Hall. I mean, I literally would practice six hours a day. My mother would punish me by saying, Jill, no more piano. So these were the things, I mean, I had a real love for art, for culture growing up. And in, I knew that in business, that it was going to also be a part of whatever I became. And my world in business became entertainment and leisure. I covered stocks um, in that category, covering companies like Walt Disney, Mattel, Carnival Corp, um, Bell Resorts. I helped take public. So I did a lot of really fun companies, um, which also got back to the roots of what I really enjoyed. So I was able to always combine business and my interests. Um, and after working on Wall Street as an equity analyst, I went on to work in the music industry and I moved into uh, a pretty senior role there running investor relations and a corporate development group and helping take Warner Music Group public. Um, but after six years of being a public company, the company went private and I was on to the next thing. And as I was evaluating the next thing, my kids at this point were in their teenage years. And I had always in my life plan wanted to be around when they were at that age. And I just started to take some classes at the Art Student League, started painting like a crazy person because my husband and son are big fishermen. So I was always a fisherman's widow, so to speak, um, because they were always fishing and I was always home waiting because um, I was never invited on these long expeditions. Um, and my daughter was off to college. So... I was home painting and 
I started to show locally. Um, and when I was given outplacement services from the music company, the woman who ran the office area said, hey, Jill, why don't you put up some of your artwork in our offices? I said, oh, great idea. So I filled up three floors of their office building with, with paintings. And I tell you, it was that moment I knew that that was the path that I really needed to pursue. So I put aside all the board seats that I was considering and all the other financial paths that I could have taken. Um, and I decided to take a step back and just paint. I took classes at the Art Student League. I started showing, you know, domestically, um, sharing with friends and family. Um, and then it grew from there. And then four years ago, that was about 13 years ago. And four years ago, I got my professional studio space. And then things really started to take off. And I started to use contacts from the business world that I grew up in um, who I found people who had similar interests, if you can believe it. Um, Steve Manolis, who we touched on, who where we met at his space down in Miami, was also a banker turned artist. And he and I connected and we had lots of things, you know, in common and we shared contacts and we both grew our careers um, pretty substantially as artists. Yeah. Oh, man. Thanks for it. I had a visual picture in my head the whole time you were <laughs> speaking. So thank you for that. And I what really stood out to me the most, I guess, out of everything you just said was that and you kind of said it nonchalantly, like I put those board seats aside to pursue this, but it couldn't have just been that easy. Or or was it was the calling so deep that it was like, yep, nope, this is right. This is my past now or like how did how did that go the the letting go the grieving the identity shift you know i i pursued it as sort of a temporary move i said to myself i'm giving myself a year or two to pursue this and see where it goes so my husband was ripping things out of the wall street journal and handing them to me and saying you should go get a, a board seat on electronic arts you should go get a board seat here and i said you know what i'm just going to do this for a while and for a while became, you know, a lifelong passion. And I just absolutely loved it. It became, you know, really my greatest passion. And it dovetailed beautifully with my home life and where my kids were. And I was home and around and available while pursuing all of this. And all of that stuff that I learned in business, I was then able to apply in a completely new and exciting way. And I think that's what helped to differentiate me in this in the world of art a little bit over time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's in alignment with the networking that I started to talk about and then my ADHD brain got in the way. Uh, but that networking webinar, seminar that you did when I had the membership in 2020 for the Aspen Art Collective, um, and you touched on that. Like we have so many contacts. We meet so many people in this world and we do so many different things whether you had one job for a very long time or you've had all these different jobs reaching back out to people contact mining staying in touch seeing what other people's interests are i mean i like using linkedin you have other resources for networking as well do you use a crm or do you just email people i use um, mailchimp i you know that's my primary method of using okay. crm um yeah. Do you okay, because there's some I yeah, well there's some platforms that keep each client, each contact separate as a project. So if someone were to um sign up for an email list 
freebie of mine to like opt them into the email list they signed up for that freebie it'll give them a tag which like MailChimp would do Flowdesk would do but then CRMs like Dubsado would also uh, uniquely list them as a project and so you can subscribe them to different nurturing sequences if, if and when they become a client you can send contracts through Dubsado you can collect payments it's all in one place it'll even send reminders um like automatic you can set up automatic follow-up reminders so that's really what i was wondering like are you just remembering all of the people that you've met in your head um I, or do you have yeah, no i, I think that, that the platform you're mentioning is something i should let, definitely look into because that sounds really robust um i've also yeah. been using Airtable for lots of events okay. you know database management tool um creating separate you know, uh, projects for each event that I've been hosting here in the gallery. And through that, I've been collecting lots of names and, you know, really expanding my mailing list through this process. Um, but what you're mentioning sounds really powerful. So that's, that's a really good idea. Yes. Yeah. Not sponsored, but Dubsado is my current favorite. Airtable similar. Um, Airtable is like, I feel like I don't really know it too much. I haven't really looked into it in a couple of years, but from what I remember, it's more like Excel-y kind of, like spreadsheets. It's really customizable. It has all these different, um, like if you had Zapier, you could connect Airtable with so many different softwares. Um, but yeah, so Dubsado is a really great CRM. And if you were just to Google CRM, Client Relationship Management Software, a bunch will pop up. Yeah. And I think yeah. Airtable, that would be helpful. Airtable is super helpful if you're like, going out like call for entry if you're hosting events you can create forms and then it automatically updates the database so it creates like an excel type spreadsheet that you could then you know use in a date as a database management tool so it's really powerful and then from that i create all the id cards for events that i host here they automatically generate these cards you just sort of lay out the card and then it you know poof you have them and you print them out, you cut them up, and they're on the wall. Ooh. So that's really powerful. Oh, that's awesome. If you're hosting events for 50, 100 people, you know, that's a really powerful tool. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. I will <laughs> never forget running. Oh, my gosh. Being in Miami and showing art at um, at Aqua and having to print off everyone's labels. You know, artists. some artists didn't finish their work until a couple days before. I mean, wet paintings coming in. And so you can't really... <laughs> Do the labels you know i'm like a brand new curator i don't know what i'm doing but i've got everyone in miami and it's the trip of a lifetime and i'm running back and forth to hotels trying to print these name tags off getting i'll never forget i was so green and so new that i called uh mixed media a, mi a mixed media painting mixed medium and I asked the artist, I'm like, is it really that big of a deal? Do I really have to go print new labels? And he's like, yes, it is. And you should probably know that. <laughs> you guys, I had no idea what I was doing. The business end of things, I kind of figured that out. Peter actually at Shim, we talked about him a second ago. He really coached me through things. He's the one that told me, you know, get the LLC, do it this way. It was his idea for me to start the Aspen Art Collective. Exactly. Um, Really, it was. Yeah, he, you know, as he has approached you, he approaches everyone hoping that there'll be a, a, a group leader because that's a smart business move. And it's also just as a business owner, it's 
it's a lot easier to only speak with the head of communities than speaking with every single person involved. Otherwise, it just can't be that organized. So he told me to start an Instagram account when I met him in like 2017 in Miami. And yeah, that's how my whole world of entrepreneurship really started. And That's awesome. I mean, you're... That's yeah. really awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he totally mentored me. And uh, I remember we were on the phone on and off. Like, see, you know, once you, you're in Peter's world, it's real easy to stay on the phone with them for a long time and start chatting. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, then, you know, the next year, literally after learning about Art Basel Miami, the next year I was there with about 18 artists that I had brought. Um, somehow whipped that all together in 2018. Yeah. It's well. There are so many artists out there that want to be seen, and the traditional gallery model just does not work. And this is a way for people to join groups, get visibility for their work all around the world. I mean, we're going to be taking people who joined my art card group, just like you had Aspen or had Aspen. Now I started this art card group, which is for small pieces of work up to like six by eight inches. So small works which travels so easily to lots of different places. And for $40, people were getting into showing their work in Venice, which will then travel to potentially Berlin, and then will be shown here in New York. So all for you know that small price. And then you're part of a group, and there's collaboration opportunities with all the other artists as people come together and meet each other and see all the gifts that each one brings to the table. I mean, that's where the magic happens. And there's, that's an invaluable kind of tool for artists. And the more artists that recognize it, will see that they'll stop beating their heads against the wall and saying, I got to get into these galleries. I got to get into Chelsea. I got New York. I have to get into Art Basel. And you'll recognize there are other ways and alternative ways to do it very successfully. Yeah. On, on that note, from a mindset perspective, anybody listening to this who is an artist or just someone in another industry that's kind of relating to this if you have a big goal i want you to get really clear like if you're an artist your goal is to get into art puzzle why do you, why why do you want to be an art puzzle what is it what's underneath that are you looking for international clout are you looking for fame are you hoping to get hit, picked up by someone else do you want an article written about you in a magazine like what is it about the goal that you actually want because the thing that you want more likely than not it, there's something underneath it that you want more and you'll realize that that thing that you want is only one example of something that will get you that thing that you want even more so like maybe it's fame okay well did you know that you can actually get yourself featured in Forbes magazine or Oprah pretty easily like actually for free you just need to go and write the article and submit it as a guest post and follow all the rules and submit 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 until you get featured that thing that you want is possible and it's possible in ways beyond the one idea that you have imagined that it will take in order to achieve this like big dream and vision that you have and being in a network like you're listening to this right now, this podcast is kind of creating community and a network, you know, you're learning. And so if you were to be in a network, if you're an artist, you can join an artist group, like what Jill's talking about, we'll have stuff in the show notes for that. Um, but it doesn't matter your industry, you can join a mastermind, you can find a mentor. 
find people and confide in them. Be vulnerable. Tell them what you truly desire and what you're struggling with. And then a whole new world of possibility will open up for you. But if you keep it inside and you do this entrepreneurial thing by yourself, you're going to struggle to get to that thing you want. And then you're going to get the thing that you want and realize it's not actually what you wanted at all. So true. Such, such, so well said. Absolutely. I, I agree with you. I think most everything is achievable. And, you know, I think I, I've always pursued art with a mosaic theory in mind where it's lots of little pieces. You have to try lots of different things, whether it's trying different social media angles or different, you know, assets that might be available, whether it's a TikTok or on Instagram. I, through Instagram, I met a gallery in Madrid that said, hey, you want to show in Madrid? I'm like, Hey, yeah, I do. So, you know, yes, it costs a little money, but you're investing in your career. And now I've shown in several places in Europe, which really was a big part of my goal, was to have international, you know, visibility for my work. And all of that came through Instagram. And, and once I joined up with this one gallery, another gallery approached me and said, hey, what, would you be interested in showing your work digitally, which is even better? I don't even have to ship anything. I just send an image to this gallery. It was shown in Milan, and now it's going to be shown in Barcelona around Christmas. It's like, yay. You know, these are things that I get to market. You know, it's, mm -hmm. and I, hopefully in a world where a pandemic doesn't exist, I'd be traveling to some of these places to actually see it and document it even better than I have been documenting it, but I do. And I find ways to document it because they, that's part of the promotional package of when you work with these places, that they do send you images and do promote you and put you on their website, whether it's permanent or temporary, it depends. But the point is, all these things are within reach. Oh my gosh. Yes. You touched on so many beautiful things there. Um, the we're talking about networking again, which I love. We just can't get away from it. But seriously, like when you get featured in things, when you get your account for just, let's keep it simple. If your Instagram account gets shared on someone else's account, share that on yours, screenshot it and put it on your website. When I had my Aspen art curation website, which I decided to close, um, I had a press page. So you could go to the press page. You could see all the different places I had been featured. I mean, I had pictures, like small little pictures of magazines I was in, even when, like when I was a professional skier. I had all of it there. And it's, it's beautiful to see your progression in life. Yeah. And it also gets to be an opportunity for you to then continue to climb the ladder, for lack of better words, but get featured in those bigger publications and, you know, more gallery features, whatever it is for your industry. Uh, it's important for you to you to do those yourself. I mean, it's okay to have like someone who's organizing your press for you. I mean, if you're at the point where you're hiring people, that's great. But I don't want you to feel discouraged that no one, nobody is banging down your door asking you to interview them or banging down your door asking you to be on the cover of Forbes. Those positions are... <sighs> It, that's just not how the world works. And I think we get clouded, especially as like creatives, that we're not successful until somebody else says we are. And until then, we just have to wait for them to come and tell us, okay, now you're ready to be featured. It's your time. It's like, guess what? It's your time right now. It's actually your time right now. You just have to decide that it's your time and that you are 
willing to one put forth an investment whether it's time or money i mean energy it's kind of all the same but let's money is real so yeah some of these things do cost money but some of them don't and if you're in this if you're a business owner and you're in this there are different ways to get money to do things there are loans there are grants there are scholarships um, hire someone and have them teach you new ways to do small cash injections in your business. You don't have to come up with this whole elaborate five-year plan to set up a system that then funnels $10,000 a month passively into your business. It's like, okay, yeah, that's great. But also how about just do like a small, a small sale or invite someone to come into your world and do a giveaway. I mean, there's so many ways. And if you are not aware of all these different ways, then you, my friend, must join a group. You must find a mentor because the sky isn't even the limit. There is no glass ceiling in this world of entrepreneurship. It's so true. It's and it's so much fun. I mean, it's it's really fun and it's a great challenge. I mean, it's if you are willing to put yourself out there and to experiment and to collaborate, um, all of these things, there's always there's always a benefit. It's, you know, there may be once in a while things don't go the way you want. Of course, that's life. But more times than not, it's a big benefit to collaborating with other artists, to getting to know other people, to invite them into your world, then they invite you into their world. I mean, it's just that's the that's the only way to move forward and to really feel fulfilled, I think, in, you know, in your pursuit. Yes. Oh, man some words of wisdom here, you guys. I mean, it's, I guess tri trial and error is a good way to put it, but it's, don't feel like when you have the error that it's some sort of thing you did wrong. I mean, when we're in this world, even in school, it's like you learn things through the process. And so if you can kind of flip the script and create a mindset where you either win or you learn, you know, trial and error, I either, I either win or I learn, kind of the same thing. However, you're going to be more motivated to move forward if you see it as I won or I learned instead of trial and error. I mean, it means the same thing. It's kind of like the fake it until you make it phrase. So true. I did it. Oh my gosh. I had multiple business cards saying I was an art agent before I ever sold a piece of art. I didn't even ever sell a piece of art until like a month before I had 18 people in Miami. I didn't sold a single piece. Um, and so it's not fake it until you make it. It's what did I, what did I call it? And I got to come up with something better. Maybe you guys can help me message me if you have a better idea. I want to put this on a t-shirt, but like believe in yourself before everyone else does, because the, you know, the agent is an agent before they sell a piece of art. The entrepreneur must be an entrepreneur before they make a sale. There's rare occasions. I remember one time I, I did get a check from a patron for two grand before I had even opened an LLC. And he was like basically investing in my, in my company. It was a gift. Um, and I was like, all right, I guess this is one of those times where you make a little bit of money before the business starts. But at that point, I had already met with him a couple of times. He was a business owner, owned a restaurant. I didn't know. No one in my family owned businesses. So I was literally looking. I was a waitress. I'm like, you own a business. You own the restaurant. Can you teach me? What do I do? Um, and, and people, yeah, and people to love me. to help, right? I mean, yeah. people yeah. love to talk. People love to share. And if, you know, I've always found informational interviews to be a particularly effective tool. Um, and you don't even have to call it an informational interview. It's just, you know, you want to chat with someone to learn more about what they do. 
and people love to share and you can learn so much from it. And it doesn't have to be because you want something back from that person. It's really just learning about how that person followed their path and you can glean from that, how you can turn that around and make that effective for yourself. That's really what it's about. Hey there, how are you enjoying the show? I've got a quick message to share with you from our sponsor, and then I'll be right back. Are you an entrepreneur that does things differently? (laughs) Just like me. Maybe your business is untraditional or non-conventional. Your work uniquely you. Maybe you even see a little bit of you in me. The way you create and sell is going to look differently within the many seasons of your life as you grow. Developing balanced masculine and feminine energies in your brand allows for inevitable change over the years. The transitions happen flawlessly. Learn the strategy behind Go With The Flow and create the systems that allow you to live your dream life now because success isn't a thing you get, it's a feeling you can have today. Sign up for Build the Biz, my signature business course, teaching you the energetics of entrepreneurship at themadelineshow.com. So when you say informational interview, is that, would that be you like seeing somebody that you admire on social media, even and reaching out and just asking if you can like hop on a call and like get to know each other? Is that what you're yeah, referring you to? Could, you could definitely do that. Or if you want, let's say your goal was to get into a certain gallery or a certain location, you can go and visit and get to know people who visit those locations and then try to, you know, become familiar with those people. Um, meet with those people, learn about why they're there um, and how did they get there. Yeah, that's, I mean, part of the goal with this podcast is just to show people a wide variety of ways that people were able to feel successful and see success in their lives, like depending on what success means for them. Um, Even looking at people's resumes. I mean, sometimes, you know, if there's an artist that you're particularly enamored by, you look at their path. I mean, it's all there. It's all for you to take a look at online. You know, you can look at their path. Where did they go to school? Who did they collaborate with? What, you know, what was their journey? And you can glean a lot of information online and you can collect that information and you can follow what people do that you want to try to emulate. That is such a good call. I'm just, I have the vision now in my head of an artist's CV and you're right. You can see their entire path, especially if they were diligent. Um, they're going to list every single, even the tiniest show right. that they were involved yes. in. And they're usually very small local shows that people start at. Very small. Whether it's the library, the women's club, um, you know, it, it all starts. Someone has to start, you know, everyone has to start at the beginning. Yeah. Um, speaking of when you started showing at the beginning, um, which is similar to what we were talking about now, what, what did you, what do you remember about that experience? Do you remember, you know, doors? Cause sometimes people will say, I was talking to my neighbor's a priest and he was, we were talking about God and you know, how do you know when, when you're on the right path? Like he's like, I asked God the other day, how do I know when I'm on the right path? And God said, doors open. And if you're not on the right path, doors close. So did you feel like all of these doors just started opening for you? Um, and did you hit any, any roadblocks along the way, like challenge or growth opportunities? Oh, totally challenges along the way. But 
it's not like do doors were opening. It's that I was exploring different pathways and and visiting the doorways. So I, I had to find the path. I mean, it's the path doesn't come to you. So I knew that I wanted to show locally. So I found local artist groups and I joined them. So I would join the Katona, you know, Museum Artist Association, the Mamaronek Artist Guild. There's a Westchester group. So I would join local groups. And through that, they would have exhibition opportunities. So I started to show in all these local places. And the point being, I would try to do everything once. You know, I would do it once in each location and try to look for alternative places for the next year. And so in my mind, I had this pecking order of how I wanted to keep moving up. Um, and it, you know, it was all an exploration and a trial and error. And, you know, it's not like each opportunity created sales. It wasn't about that. It was about getting the visibility and meeting the people and learning how to collaborate with other, other artists. Yes. Oh my gosh. And look at you now, hundreds of artists being shown <laughs> in your space. Did you have any idea that this was a part of the path? No, I did. Was this a part no, of your I mean, I, I realized at the time that I, that I had hit a point where I wanted to take another big step. And I knew that working in my space was fabulous um, and showing my work was a lot of fun, but I could only bring the same people in the space over and over. And it was like, what is the point? The point is to expand the network, to bring in new artists and their friends and have those people start to see my art and their art. And it became this virtuous cycle where everyone benefits. Um, and I caught on to that pretty quickly. And that's why I embraced it and, you know, had, you know, watercolor here, print artists here. I had graduates from the University of Connecticut, University of Quebec Art School. Um, I've had, you know, a group here recently where all their work is going to be going to Venice. Um, so a lot of different groups and all very different. Um, so it's been, a, it's been a really a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, the art world is just so blessed to have you. You're sweet. Thank and you. <laughs> it's so true because not every creative individual has the forward thinking, the mental capacity, the inner cheerleader that you do have. And maybe that is something that's learned throughout the years. Um, but I, I do see that what you're doing is more than just art. And I, I feel like a lot of creatives, they think that they don't want to do a lot of the things that you're doing. Yeah. They feel like they don't want to be organizing. They want it to just be them creating work and then an agent or a gallery takes care of everything else. But I don't, there's so much more and I can't speak for other people necessarily, but I just wonder if those people that feel like they only want to paint and they want everybody else to do everything else. I, I wonder if they're, they're missing out on just like some growth and some, some beauty and some new op opportunities in, in life. And I, I wonder why, why, cause I've worked with artists for a long time, why people do get stuck in that mindset. And I don't know, is it you, cause you didn't get, 
you, you didn't get trained. No, I was not. at a university no. in art. No, I. And so yeah, you can't really speak to the what art schools are teaching, or can't can you? I mean, is that a mindset that's being taught in art schools? Where does that come from? I I mean, obviously, I did not go to like a professional art school. I'm mostly self-taught. But from what I understand, mm-hmm. there isn't a lot of business and marketing um, that's sort of woven into art school, um, and I find that very troubling. So I've made an effort to actually reach out to my alma mater, the University of Pennsylvania, and trying to establish more contacts there um, to see if it makes sense for me to go in, talk, talk about you know, how business is so, and marketing are so important in establishing yourself as an artist um, and how working and collaborating with other artists in groups, how effective it can be you know, as an artist. Um, I mean, there's a part of me that loves to mentor, you know, young people, you know, whether it's in business or art. Um, I mean, I enjoy it having been in finance and having seen so many people come through and I've worked with so many people through the years. I mean, I get a lot of joy in trying to help and mentor people, um, but it, it's always beneficial. I mean, I help the person, but it's helpful to me, too, because I grow from it. I learn from them. Um, it's not a one-way street. And if people can understand how much you can learn from other people and how it can enhance you as a person, um, I think that that would you know, help as you approach that. Yeah, man, my like brain is just going off. And I'm, I'm almost wondering if you could get in there and teach. We must be able to teach business and marketing as an art form as well. Right. Because I've been thinking about this. I'm about to move back to Michigan and I'll be near a university. And I've worked at universities as a teacher since immediately upon graduating. And I would just love to be able to go teach business and marketing and sales as an art within the art college, because it doesn't have to be this thing that's scary, that's difficult, that you don't want to do and you just have to do. You can weave it in to your practice as an artist and do it your way. I mean, there really aren't any rules here. And so don't feel like you have to do the whole business networking thing, sales, marketing funnels, the way everyone else is doing it. You get to also approach that in your own unique way and use your creative life force energy to, to build something new, create a new path for more creative people to come follow. But you must lead yourself first in order to to have that sort of impact. Yeah, I, I think you'd be awesome if you uh, started to share all your wisdom in, in the academic community. I think that would be, people would really benefit from that. Matt. Yeah, maybe I'll be a professor one day. <laughs> That's what I thought I was going to be when I was in college. I had no or, at idea. Least a visiting, or at least a visiting one, one that comes in and, and sort of spreads the magic um, and you know plants all the seeds and then eventually can come back and watch them grow over time. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, with the whole online, I mean, everybody's used to online school now. And so I've definitely, you know, Peter and I have had so many conversations about approaching universities. And I created my own major at my university and then taught my own curriculum after at that same university at U of M. Yeah, I learned I learned a lot. And I what I really learned was like, how to get things done. Um, And there's no reason why a department cannot purchase a digital program 
that I or someone else puts together to teach students what they're not learning. I think universities are, especially now, aware that they're not um, checking right. off all the boxes when kids leave. And they are looking to do that because they want people to still go to their schools. And so if you can provide something that makes it more enticing for someone to join that program, because each department in a university like has their own funding sources, and they even give off their own scholarships and everything. Yeah. Um, depending on how many people are in each program, they get a certain amount of money to then hire professors to have different like travel opportunities. Um, and so once you learn the inner workings of a university, you really see all of the potential. But then, of course, there's also the, the red the red tape. There's a reason why they're not just um, yeah, why they're not just all <laughs> doing all the things. <laughs> yeah, no, of course, of course, you have to navigate around that archaic system in some cases. It is a little yeah. Yeah, in some cases. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, but so much potential. Yeah. So much potential. I mean, path. also with the. I'm curious, Jill, have you thought of, I'm kind of popping you on the spot here, um, but I just, it just came to me. Have you thought about teaching, doing any sort of like online business trainings or creating, like kind of like how I did with Aspen Art Curation with your group, creating some sort of like online training program that you can sell um, or have that be a, an incentive for people to join your group? Because you are just a wealth of knowledge. And uh, I, yeah, I, have, I, I haven't that. thought about formalizing anything like that, but I certainly try to make myself available to people and maybe I should consider, you know, offering, you know, talk time where everybody comes together, which you, you did with Aspen Art Curation. And it was actually a lot of fun when the artists all sort of got together, talked about what they were working on and you would provide, mm -hmm. you know, some guidance and suggestions on paths that people could consider. Um, so I would definitely, you know, give some thought to incorporating that into the exhibition group that I've now you know, become involved with. Um, people have been so excited to be part of this exquisite corpse, which is fascinating to me. I mean, each one is making a seven and a half by seven and a half inch grid, um, but people love the idea of being part of a larger project. And I think that that is sort of something, we're hitting on something there um, that we have mm -hmm. to figure out how to develop and grow over time, because I feel like there's something really interesting there that so many artists wanted to just jump in and, and do this together. I think people are craving community. Yes. And yep. it maybe stems from that. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of factors. Um, I mean, that's part of the reason I'm moving back to Michigan from Alaska is even though I'm still moving up into the middle of the woods <laughs> in the Upper Peninsula, a nine-hour drive from my family. Wow. Um it's still far. It's not a 24 hour travel day by plane. Um, but I'm just, I'm craving community and being around people, even though I'm definitely more of an introvert, which is surprising to people to hear that. Um, I was trained at a young age to be an extrovert, not by my own will, um, but it worked. And now I know the value of me time and we'll go days without leaving my house or seeing anyone feel peachy perfect about that um, but there's still that that need for community and being a part of something um yeah. and for you you're giving artists the opportunity to be a part of something that they can also market for their business's benefit that's yeah. just huge you said it's 40 dollars to join uh, your group? yes yeah wow. 
I know, it's a terrific value. It really is. And then there'll be other exhibition opportunities and there'll be, you know, applications and whether people want to join in on certain exhibitions, but none of the expenses are going, you know, they'll all be on the, on the very low side. That's the whole point. Well, yeah, that's, a, that's amazing. To me, it sounds like you're doing a lot for free, which you probably, you know, you're probably so, or your organ, there's a lot of organization that has to go yeah. behind the scenes, you guys. Yeah. Um, and so what types of artists are able to, to join your group? Um, we, Do they have to? It's been, a very, it's been a very wide ranging um, span of artists. So it's been photographers, printer, you know, people who do prints, um, graphic artists, um, traditional fine artists, um, watercolor, acrylic, collage. I mean, it's it's been a, a real big variety. Cartoons, animation. Um, so it's been a lot of fun, and you know, abstract everything so if you if you were to like pitch your pitch your group right now to the listeners what what is included does it include shim membership or artsy what like yes. what what is included how does it's it work? a one-year membership um to join shim art card um and basically it's for small works and the purpose is to have it be a very eco-friendly group that allows you to be in a lot of different types of exhibitions with very easy travel so it's easy to put all the work in a small envelope and then send it to interesting places um and you'll also get uploads on artsy so for the one-year membership you get six uploads on artsy so any collector around the world can search and find your name and your work um, at the price that you set and we set the prices pretty low for the small pieces 250 and below um and yeah I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. You can read about it on my website, Jill Critic Fine Art. Yeah, which, <laughs> nice, and we will we will link that. Um, and I I feel like you know some of the artists listening will know what Artsy is, but can you just tell the listeners the benefit of having art on Artsy? What is Artsy? Yeah, Artsy is um, it's a tool online. It's a web tool that allows artists to be seen anyone who goes online and searches for an artist will be able to go instead of having your own personal website people can go to an artsy platform and see your work next to Rothko and Moreau and every other artist in the world your work is on the same level as all of these other artists um, and it allows people to find you and you can be found it's like finding a book in a library but if you are part of a group that is doing a certain thing, call it art cards, um, people who are looking for small works will look through for art cards specifically, and then they will find your work. Um, so it allows you to be found based on your level of interest. Um, and it's just, it's an amazing platform. And it's sort of like the white pages, if anyone even knows what white pages are anymore. Um, sure. <laughs> but like the bougie white pages, like the invite only white pages, right, exactly. actually, yeah. because right. An artist cannot just put their work on artsy. You have to be represented by a gallery. Is that, that correct? Is correct? That is right. So to be able yeah. to get in for a $40 exhibition fee is, you can't find that anywhere. Else. No, you cannot. No. I would say you can't but even buy that, but you can't today. You can't. You can't join you can't join Artsy for forty dollars. 
you would have to right you know go through an a gallery that has a contract with artsy and shim art network does have a contract like that which enables us to do this yeah yeah you guys i oh, man, i gotta have peter on this podcast that'd be a riot yeah. huh <laughs> I, I, I would talk to him in so long he's so cool um yeah man i'm so happy to have you on you, you are the first artist i believe which is crazy because that was my my whole entrepreneurial world before this and jill i just want to i just want to squeeze you and give you a big hug but i'm i'm so far away i miss you and i love your energy oh thank you i always love your energy you're the best and everything everything you start and do i find extremely inspirational you are a great inspiration that's why I jump at the opportunity to, to have an opportunity to chat with you. Yeah. Oh man. I was really, I was really excited that you made the time and I just know everyone's going to find so much value from this. And I am curious to see when our paths will cross again, because I feel like it's got to happen. Oh, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> to come to one of your, come to one of your shows or something. I would love that. That would be a real treat. <laughs> leave my cabin in the woods who knows could be miami could be some could be venice absolutely well, Jill, is there anything else is there anything else that you'd like to leave the audience with words of wisdom for entrepreneurs solopreneurs um you know i think pursue your passion um and there's always a pathway and you know it can be difficult at times but if you sort of keep the torch you know, alive and continue to reach out to people and always ask for help, I think that you'll find it because I think most people want to help each other through this, you know, pathway. Yeah. Collaboration over competition. It's absolutely so, so true. It's not just a fun saying. It's, I mean, if you are feeling, well, here's a good thing. If you are feeling like triggered by someone else's success or, um, yeah, if there's somebody else that's doing what you do and you're feeling like now maybe there's not space for you to show up and do what you want to do that you think is so similar to this other person, just know that it's different. You have this vision, this destiny. It's, it's burned into your soul. You were given that vision for a reason. It's not so Susie Q over there can live it out. And so you can live it out because even if your work looks identical to someone else's, your network is different. The way you talk about it is different. What you stand for is different. Business is about so much more than just the product you have for people. It's about how you deliver it, who you are, what you've been through. People want to see what you've been through so that they can relate to you. I mean, like if I were to go on Etsy the other day, well, this is a couple months ago, I looked up. Uh, copper bracelets. I wanted to buy some copper bracelets. And there were a lot of options. <laughs> How did I buy the copper bracelets? Well, I started to look at, you know, there's a lot that look the same. And then I started to look into the branding. And then I started to look at, uh, like, literally their logo, like what colors were popping out to me. And then I started in, in Etsy, you can kind of click into people's shops and read the reviews. And I saw this one woman writes a handwritten note with all of her bracelets. And so I picked her. It's not that, you know, luckily she kept making bracelets, even though there were other people on Etsy making copper bracelets. Yeah, she nice. was the one for me. And so, yeah, yeah, you have no idea who you're going to be for. 
exactly. And that, that's very special. Yeah. You know, she differentiated herself. She showed more heart. Yeah. 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 And that is probably, I'm sure, I mean, who knows? She might've been like, all right, I got to do this so I can make more sales. But most likely she was doing it because that's what she wanted to do. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's very special. So do, do what you want to do. Put your heart into it. Give it your all. Take care of yourself first. So you can, you know, fill your cup up so you can fill up everyone else's. And so you can be that mentor to someone else. Exactly. The mentor was once the, what is it? The mentor is once the protege. Mentor was once the mentee. Absolutely, of course, <laughs> always. Well, Jill, always. You're always yeah, always right. <laughs> yeah, you're always learning. <laughs> All right, such a pleasure, you guys. You can Thank you so click much. click the links to find Jill and her group and the different things she is up to in the show notes. Um, how can people get on your email list? Um, on my website, you can just click in contact or it asks you if you want to join the mailing list. Great. That's a great way to stay up to date with what Jill is doing and to follow her journey. Thank you. Thank you so much, Madeline. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Bye everyone. Bye. Hey, loyal listener, please rate and review this podcast. Your feedback is needed and you matter. It would be an honor if you shared this with a friend Send this episode to whoever pops into your mind first. It's like a little exercise on intuition. And trust that that insight is the hand of God working through you to make someone else's life better today. Visit themadelineshow.com to stay up to date on my free trainings and different offerings, including self-paced online programs that activate your mind and enhance your life. Who knows, maybe you'll find something today that completely changes your tomorrow.